I want to welcome you to the show. We have the one and only, he is a horror icon in his own right from the films that he's been in and starred in, Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, Friday 13th, Part 6. Jason Lives, we have the one and only Tom Matthews here in the building tonight. Tom Matthews, how you doing? I'm good, man. <laughs> Everything's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I hope your son is okay. That's that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah, his, uh, he had COVID and then he got better and he's still having some respiratory respiratorial problems, I guess. So it's a little freaked out. It affected his eyesight too. Now he needs, uh, he needs reading glasses and he's only 22. And I actually, I actually looked it up and it's a, it's a thing that happens when you get COVID, you get kind of affects different parts of your bodies. And for him, it affect, went to his eyeballs. So that's scary. Cause I'm 22. So that's actually. Don't get COVID and you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get vaccinated either. So. Oh. And we just got his insurance bill too, so that's another hit to him. After insurance paid for, we have health insurance, but after uh, it paid, it's, it's still a sizable amount. Oh. So, yeah, I'm hoping he gets better soon. That's so unfortunate with yeah, eyesight and everything. It's crazy, and we we really don't know. And and how is it as far as work goes? Because I know you have your own construction company, but for acting wise, how has it been for you? Yeah, if you're if you're a, if you're an actor and working a restaurant here, three months ago, from three months going back to maybe a year, you were like dead in the water. Thank God for the PPP, you know, helped everybody out a little bit. But uh, for me doing the construction you know, considered essential services. And uh, so we were able to get out every day and keep keep our distance, put masks on and stuff like that. I want to get into your early life, born on Hollywood Boulevard. How was his experience of growing up in that area? Uh, I, I was born on Hollywood. I grew up in Covina, okay. which, is a, which is a suburb of uh, Los Angeles, probably 30 minutes, I guess, from uh, Hollywood Boulevard, 30, 45 minutes. It's a, uh, everyone knows West Covina because they have a lot of car dealerships and you're always hearing it on the radio out here. But uh, yeah, Covina, uh, went to Gladstone High School from my junior up until my junior year, moved back out to Hollywood, um, lived with my, my grandmother, my younger brother and I lived with my grandmother. And then uh, soon after that, I got in the acting bug and started studying acting and, you know, kind of went off from there. Mm-hmm. Now, how did the acting bug come about for you and you getting into the acting business? You know what? It's a weird, you know, because in high school, I was uh, kind of floundering, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life and took all the work experience classes and stuff like that. And I was dating this girl and she turned to me one day and she goes, why don't you become an actor? I was like, I said, that's what I'll do. <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was just like that. It's like, it's literally the sensation was when she said that to me, you know, when you feel stuff in your stomach, you feel like that's, that's, that feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> it was literally, I'm telling you, it was literally like she took a needle and stuck it in my head and was like, <laughs> explosion inside my brain. It was, it was really bizarre. What do you want? What was your first successful acting thing that you were able to get? The into first thing I did, the first, so I, I was studying acting and I uh, didn't call myself an actor because, you know, being who I was, I had to make money and had to show up on a job and blah, blah, blah. So I started to, I went to work for Lorimar Productions and um, uh, when they were over at the MGM lot and they had Falcon Crest and Knott's Landing and 
what else did they have? A bunch of shows. Barking Crips and Rust Landing. Dallas was over there. Uh, so my job was to go around and fill up all the kitchens for all the secretaries and executives and stuff like that. So I, I made the made it around the office building and then I also went down onto the lot. And my whole idea was to go there and get my SAG card somehow and get into casting. So after like two years of, of working there, um, uh, Doris Saba, she was uh, casting uh, Falcon Crest and it was a bit walk on, bit part for me. So that's that's how I got my SAG card. And then from there, uh, I started doing some print work and doing a bunch of commercials and that kind of kind of made the transition between a, a regular job and a, my acting job. And I was in between all that, I, I was always doing construction and carpentry and stuff like that. So just to keep, because I, I would just go insane if I didn't have something to do in the morning. You know, just waiting around. Because uh, there's a lot of waiting around when you're acting, you know? Yeah. A lot of waiting around. Even when you're filming, it's just you're sitting around waiting for the next scene to get set up. And because they got to move the camera, or move the location or whatever. And it's like, oh, so it's not as glamorous as everyone thinks. A lot of technicalities to acting. You know, you got to hit your mark and got to get your light. And, you know, you got to make sure you're on the right side of the camera. And, and uh, so it's very technical acting. It's very technical. While at the same time, you have to be very real and spontaneous and, you know, a lot of rehearsal and stuff like that. This would be a great question for the aspiring actors that are listening to the show right now or even afterwards, what were some of the most things that were beneficial to you in taking acting classes that helped you out with your career further down the line? The best thing that helped me out, I think, is being naive about the business. Because the more I learned, the more I realized it was so hard to even get a job. <laughs> so, so just keep pounding away, man, and just throw everything out. Because it's ignorance is, ignorance is bliss in this situation. Because, I, you know, I've been cast and and stuff and i've been had the benefit of being cast already and watch other actors come in and and the guy who i thought was the best for the part didn't end up getting cast and i wasn't quite sure why you know it depends it's, it's so many variables that go on and in, in casting someone uh so it's 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 you know but yeah just keep plugging away and just don't take no for an answer and uh you know because you know factually there's uh, not a lot of success for uh, actors i mean not, not even to make over 100 grand a year is like one percent or two percent it's not even a living you know i did three movies in one year only only made sixty thousand dollars one year it's like something wrong with that but you know we keep doing it and commercials i made a ton back in the old days commercial you do a national commercial you make a bunch of money you know every day you go to the mailbox you get a check and that was able to sustain you to take your acting lessons and, uh, you know, just keep going to the gym and, you know, kind of get a routine going on. Yeah. When going to the mailbox is actually fun instead of when you have yes. bills coming in. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> unbelievable. I always, I always, when my kids got older, I would play a game with them. I still get residuals every now and again. <laughs> so I always, you know, I do like the Johnny Carson thing and try to make them uh, guess how much is in it. And if they guess, they get the amount of it, you know, <laughs> and sometimes it's 67 cents and sometimes it's a couple hundred bucks, but it's, it's fun to do. Oh. Growing up, I know that you, you did see the Friday the 13th growing up. You, you weren't a fan of the series, of course, but eventually you had to study the mannerisms of Tommy Jarvis and this is how you landed the role. 
as Tommy Jarvis, just studying the mannerisms and going on the audition, you landed the part. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I just got it through, uh, my agent set me up to read for the casting directors and they gave me a call back and went over to Paramount with this maybe, I don't know, maybe, I don't even remember, but I think there was like 15, 20 people in the room on the call back. Tom McLaughlin, the director was inside in there. Don't ask me where he was sitting because I would have no idea. Uh, but we talked extensively about that. I also asked him uh, just recently, a couple of years ago, if um, me being in Return of the Living Dead uh, had anything to do with them casting me in uh, Friday the 13th as Tommy Jarvis. And he said, no, I didn't even know anything about it. I said, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, so for me, I mean, young, early on, Lightning kind of struck twice for me with Return of the Living Dead and Friday the 13th, both two great roles. Um, Friday, well, I did, uh, my first film was The Woman in Red, I had a little bit part in that. My second part was, uh, in movies, was Return of the Living Dead, which is a great part, you know, it's- That's right, Freddie. Fun part to play as a, as a young, as an actor, because of the, you know, I start off as this innocent kid and have to end up being this brain, brain desiring zombie so that's you know everything in between so it's it was it's a fun role to play for anybody mm-hmm. return to living then i'm curious because we know that you went on a basic audition for jason lives what was the process in getting the role as freddie in return to living dead was it similar very similar except uh i gave a kick-ass audition and then i didn't hear anything for ever literally nine months i get a call back it's like, I thought this thing died. And he's like, oh my God, this has been so long. Are you sure? Like, yeah, they're, they're back at it. And I said, okay. So I went to the, uh, the callback and I found out that it wasn't a callback. They had cast me in it. I found out that on the spot and I was reading with girls to play Tina. Uh, and what had happened was there was like a legal issue with the name, the title Return of the Living Dead. Uh, so I guess they got that all worked out and that I was auditioning girls with uh, to play Tina. Yeah, you got the legendary role, of course. It's it's become. How does it feel to know that you've been in these films that have become such cult classics? And I would I would say Return of Living Dead's more of a classic, whereas Jason Liz has gone on to become a cult classic. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're both amazing. I mean, who would have guessed? I mean, yeah, Friday was already a franchise and already had some legs, and Return was. A little bit different, you know, coming up to uh, the Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead and the Living Dead stuff. But this was, uh, I always call it a, a uh, Return of Living Dead. As it's a, like truly, truly a dark comedy uh, because, man, we played it for real. And what you're laughing at is the situations we get ourselves into. It's not really uh, something... We're not doing anything in particular to make you laugh. Like part two, you kind of went more for the comedy on the nose, you know, it was more comical. Part one was not, uh, but just uh, hysterically funny because of the situations we get ourselves into. So it's been a lot of fun. And then of course, you know, Friday was Friday and it's uh, had already had legs and good reputation. Coming off of five though, which, which was, wasn't bad for what it was, but it wasn't a fan favorite, I guess. And so Tom had to 
re kind of revitalize the situation with my yeah. dog. Impo imposter Jason, you have yeah. the ambulance driver. <laughs> oh, these films, I, I really don't understand. And then, and well, then all of a sudden, none of it makes sense. I mean, you know, what they did after six, and you know, just whatever 3D and went to the moon, and it's just bizarre. Unbelievable. That they didn't follow anything lineal or make, make anything logical for the fans to follow. And, you know, I would have loved to have seen Tommy and Jason go out in part seven and continue on yeah that's what i would have liked to see yeah. people love kane hotter so they love they tend to love yeah. those films just because of kane, kane yeah i know I he know. said to you that you can't think of friday without thinking of tommy jarvis as well as jason he did he, you know he did say that to me i don't know if he said it publicly but he has said that to me personally before yeah. i see him at horror conventions all the time you know hopefully you and kane get to work together on screen that would be friday. cool we almost did, and uh, 13 Fanboy like, is coming out. Uh, I ended up turning it down, though. It just kept adding people to it, and I, I don't know what she was doing. I, I told her, I told Deborah to save me for something special if there's a sequel or something, because, you know, I just didn't want to be a producer or some character. I think she wanted me to be a cop at the end of the day. It was completely different when we first started talking, uh, my role in. Uh, 13 fanboy and then it just everything got smaller and smaller so i just bowed out of it i heard that tom mclaughlin was actually putting together some story ideas has he consulted with you about a potential sequel if it ever comes about for you to return as tommy he, ha he has he has he has a story sequel. yeah he has a story i think jason never dies and um it takes place i think 10 years or 15 years after Part six, uh, I'm not in it. Tom, the character's not in it. Tommy Jarvis is not in it. The premise is it takes, it takes a place around the lake, but it's on the other side of the lake, and it's another campground. And it's basically, uh, you know, girl heavy, heavy, female heavy. So uh, timeline-wise, it wouldn't work for uh, me, Tommy, to be in it 30 years later. So yeah. Decided to go that way with it. With the zombie films, which is Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead Part Two, did you watch? The, you mentioned before Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. Did you watch those films in preparement for your role as Freddy? Because I know you did with Tommy Jarvis. No, I, I didn't because they were completely, I felt that they were completely different. And I didn't know, didn't really know how to do that. You know, that was, like I said, my first film. And, uh, uh, the script was so great. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have to. It was, and it was separate. There wasn't like I wasn't reprising another role or something. You know, I was kind of creating Freddie uh, at that time, and this, it was just, you know, the script was great. It was all there in the script. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't recreating something. Yeah. I'd love to hear your experience of working with James Karen. Jimmy, yeah, he passed be uh, three years ago on Saturday. Wow. Um, Great memories, you know, great memories. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was an actor in, on Broadway in New York and doing stuff. And uh, he was, was a little younger than I am now when he did the role in Return of the Living Dead. Um, and just the stories, because we, 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 most of our stuff was together. Most of our scenes were together in Return. Uh, and uh, so we spent a lot of time together in the makeup chair and 
just the stories from him were just uh, just unbelievable. Just fun and uh, good friends with Jason Robards and a lot of other actors. And for the people back east, he was the Pathmark man. And that's, uh, you know, a medium chain supermarket. So that, he did that for 30 years, he did the specials for that. People know him from Poltergeist. Poltergeist, yeah. Did he tell any Poltergeist stories on set with you at all? No. no? We, <laughs> um, we did part two as well, which was fun um, because uh, when they went to go sell the second script, um, they went to how you raise money is you, you go to the foreign distributors like, uh, you know, overseas, Spain and, and, and uh, uh Switzerland and so you get money to make the movie so you give them the rights to distribute it at for that amount and they can do whatever they want with it well, one of the places was Japan and Japan said yeah we'd love to do it because one was such a big hit here but we'd like for, for you for uh, Jimmy Karen and Tom Matthews to come back in part two that's why we came back in part two because it really doesn't make sense because you know how it all ended up in part one uh, but that's uh, that's why we came back because of the Japanese, and uh, we found out Jimmy and I found out we were born on the same day, in part two. So uh, that was kind of cool. Maybe that's why we got along so well. We just kind of meshed, and uh, every year after that, we celebrated our birthdays together too. So that was fun with our wives and stuff. Happy early birthday! I didn't realize that. So yeah, there Coming was up, a baby. Yeah, another month or so. What's today's day? Today's yeah, date 25th. is the 25th. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So see, you're meant to be here in the horror genre. You're only, right. <laughs> you're only a day or two away from Halloween. And, you know, when did you start to gain a appreciation and love for the horror genre? Was it when you were acting in these films? Because the you fans are so passionate. It was. I didn't really, I, I got an appreciation for filmmaking because yeah, if you think about it, it's like everything's a big puzzle, you know, and you put it together. So, Every day I was like, cause it's like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of sitting around time. And I just realized it's like a big puzzle. And then you just kind of make your story and take your moments and have great lighting. And of course, everything starts up with it. If you're lucky enough to have a great script. Um, so I kind of sort of appreciated filmmaking. And then um, I really appreciated what Tom McLaughlin did with part six, because he not only made it made a great story, but he had constraints of, to make a great story and he had to have a certain number of kills. And within all that, he had a relationship, you know, uh, there was some hope for some, uh, some romantic relationship with Megan and, and Tommy later on. And, you know, so that's why I think part six is kind of one of the fan favorites is because uh, the character development, you got some, some, somebody to root for and, you get to know them a little bit and, you know, you can kind of cheer for them. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of cool. You mentioned with being in the makeup chair with Jimmy Karen, how yeah. long was the makeup process? And when you turned into the zombie, how long was that process? Uh, that was about three hours, I guess. I still have that prosthetic too. Oh, wow. Things and they make up around it. So yeah, I still have that. That's one of the only things I have, I think. Uh, it was about four hours for that, three, four hours. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. You know, we did a lot of, we did a lot of ad-libbing and 
you know, we always talked about everything. It's really a collaboration, which was unusual because Dan O'Bannon, you know, he wrote and directed. And usually come to find out later that writers, when they write something and they're directing and they want to keep it to what they what what their thoughts are. But Dan was open enough to, you know, let us kind of do our input and stuff like that, which is which is huge for any project, I think, because you know the whole goal is to make uh, the actors seem real and believable and uh, if they can bring in any kind of elements to make that happen for them the better I think like this job you were bringing this dialogue to the script and I did. <laughs> making it come alive <laughs> I did I did ad lib that one and that just came out when I was filming it because it was what are you talking about it just like this job it's just like insane <laughs> boy watch your tongue boy if you like this job like this job you fucking nuts. <laughs> and then i love clue i remember i was watching it again and clue calls me fred okay fred not freddy okay fred <laughs> Clue was great love clue it was salt of the earth man really good actor it's just an a, amazing film that just is yeah it, really, it truly time. is it really is it's just amazing it's a dark comedy as you brought up before how can we think yeah. that horror and comedy work so well together because you, if you saw it throughout you the 80s what? it was honestly i think it was a freaking accident yeah because <laughs> <laughs> we were acting our asses off man and it just it just turned into i, I when it, when it, when they were screening it i hemdale i think uh in my opinion, I think Hemdale, John Daly, and uh, Derek Gibson, they were the uh, producers, uh, well, executive producers, and they they kind of, I think, uh, kind of guided it down that path, you know, and Orion, Orion distributed it, which was great. They just, you know, put it out there a lot. It was supposed to be a huge one. I think they spent like $60 million on prints and ads, advertising and stuff, so... Look at my dog in the background. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's his name? That one? Yeah. That one's Flash. Flash? <laughs> Another one over there. Xander. My uh my wife, uh, we foster, we get we rescue dogs. Oh, Flash wow. was a rescue. And he's ended up staying here, but we have another one. We have probably four here that are are, are we're fostering and trying to place in homes and stuff like that. My wife is kind of, I kind of assist her, um, but she kind of takes care of all that. So right now we have eight dogs here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Return of Living Dead went on to be a classic. We get back into the Jason talks. I, I know that there was some trouble that you had with the makeup effects guy on the set. I think you got pretty angry at him. Yeah, I was a special effects guy. Um, uh, like in the opening sequence, uh, when the lightning bolt hits the rod after I'm stabbing, stabbing Jason with it and it smokes. So in order to smoke, you had to spray a chemical on it, but it was, uh, I was in, I was standing down there and the thing was there and it was supposed to be smoking, spraying the rod, but the wind, the, they had fans blowing. It was like blowing right in my direction. So he's spraying this rod and it's coming right in my face. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you spraying? I didn't even know what it was uh it wasn't anything harmful but you got to tell your actor what, what, what you're doing because it could have been anything could have been acid I, you know I don't, I don't know and then another scene the same guy um uh when i was in the boat and all the fire and stuff you know it was 
could really feel the heat and uh, asked him to widen a little bit. He said something. I was I almost jumped out of the boat and went at him. So, <laughs> hated that guy. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's crazy that you jumped. You almost jumped out of the boat. Yeah. That's He must have really pissed you off. I was pissed off. Yeah. Unbelievable. Do you, do you recall when you first saw CJ Graham in the Jason outfit? Because then it's just you're in a Friday 13 film right away as soon as you see that Jason's here. Yeah. Uh do I remember? I don't really remember. CJ was kind of doing his own thing, you know, he was kind of keeping off to the side and not really intermingling with people, um, the rest of the cast or anybody. So he was kind of keeping that, you know, keeping at bay and even between scenes, he would never say anything. I I don't even remember seeing him that much when he wasn't in costume. So he was just he was there to work, man. He was in character pretty much the whole time. The whole time. You went up against Jason, of course. We can't forget about that, especially the ending scene with the boat. What yeah. makes Jason so terrifying? What element about Jason is it, even when you watch these films? Well, you know what? I it's funny because I think they capture what's so terrifying, terrifying about him, even in the game. Um, Cause they made a video game uh, Friday the 13th and we got it and I'm in it. Yep. And you had uh, to go back six times, I believe. Yeah. I had to go back on, on, uh, uh, on the face because I had photo approval and it's like the guy who was developing my character, my, just the look didn't never saw the movie. But uh, yeah, because my son would play it, and uh, all the elements are still in the game. They're all they're all in the game. What's so terrifying about Jason and him just being he could be there at any minute, and you know, it was kind of a slow burn, horror, suspenseful kind of thing, which uh, which is which is a lot of fun. What's your favorite scene from the film and making Jason lives? I love the opening sequence. The opening sequence. I love the opening sequence. It just be, I mean, be, even before the credits, it just really solid moves and, and uh, just really, really good. Uh, and and uh, the sheriff's death is probably my favorite death in the whole series. There was no blood, just really pure. And I, I was able to see it uh, in dailies and it didn't have any, no sound effects, no music, no anything. And it was like terrifying watching it, uh, even in dailies. It was so so good and it was such a simple simple thing to pull off and a simple trick and it just really gave i mean i guess what sold it for me is the guy in the hole kicking his feet up as the sheriff's standing over backward oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like you said no blood and that's what made horror films back <sighs> in the day because it, i feel as though the gory effect ruins certain horror films because it's all blood and guts and you know we could bring this into the next topic i was going to bring up because you, you being in such 80s classic horror films how come they're just so different nowadays and they're just not the same? I look at the newest Halloween Kills and is it the writing? Because the writing was so bad in Halloween Kills. I just saw it on Saturday and it's, I feel as though a, a true fan and a person that watches horror films needs to write the scripts and that's not what's happening nowadays. Yeah, I don't, for Friday, I don't think it's been happening for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Eight, nine, ten, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's they need to be simpler stories and uh, just better practical effects. I think like that, you know, that would kind of lock it in because the '80s was a magical time for horror movies, you know. Uh, 
it'd be great to kind of duplicate that if we could. Yeah, it, it was. Keep it simple. The 80s were, this, in my opinion, the best decade for horror. And I think you yeah. would agree. As you mentioned, it was just a magical time. And you have some really bad ones, but the ones that are good, such as Jason Lives, and there's countless of other ones that we can bring up. But the 80s was just, it was just impeccable. Yeah, it was. Insane. But I'm looking forward to hearing about this this script, and hopefully that Tom McLaughlin makes this work. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, hopefully. We'll see what happens. You know, it's probably a long shot, and they have to call him and call him to do it. I'm not sure who even owns it. Right? I mean, you know, what studio owns I don't know if New Line owns it or whatever. But I heard there was a lawsuit been, going on. Yeah, there is, and I think they're coming to the end of it. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, there's a lot of ideas kicking around. I've People send me scripts probably six of them that uh, are directly right after uh, uh, part six. So it's literally like 35 years later, Tommy Jarvis and what, what he's doing and, you know, where he's at and, and, and stuff like that. So it'd be fun. I mean, I would love to do the 13th one and part of the 13th part six, that would be a lot of fun for me. Uh, kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis is doing for the Halloween franchise. And it kind of makes sense. If there was anybody, any one character to do it, I guess that would be Tommy Jarvis's character. You have to play him. It can't be anyone else. It has to be you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. And the fans would love it because it's, it has to happen just like yeah. Jamie first with the Halloween. It's, it's got to happen. Do you have a favorite Friday 13th film before part six? Uh, you know, I like four a lot. I thought Corey was great before. I went back and watched it again. I think that, that was pretty good. I've loved, I've loved the first one too. So, Let's see Palmer. Yeah, it was all. It was that was probably those two. What was your reaction in seeing yourself in the video game when it was right and actually seeing your son play it? Uh, it was a little surreal, you know. And then I I, I, I played it a couple of times too. And was actually playing myself. So <laughs> I mean, there's something weird about that, but <laughs> it can make a lot of jokes. Uh, but it was cool. It was. It was. You know. It was. Don't know many people who have uh, are in a, a, a video game uh, as a character they play in the movie. So it was a lot of fun, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's also creating um, a lot of new fans for uh, the franchise because uh, a lot of the kids shouldn't uh, see uh, uh, any any of the. Friday the 13th until they're like 12 or 13, but they could certainly play game. They can be gamers from eight, from eight, 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 eight ish on up to 12. And so they're creating all these fans. I, I can't even tell you how many friends, uh, kids are like hockey guy, the hockey mask. And they don't even know why, you know, one, one of them, one of our friends, kids calls it the machete guy, you know, <laughs> they're just like I don't, fascinated with them for some reason. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been a lot of fun. I, I saw these films when I was young. I'd probably say seven or eight years old. I saw yeah, them watching these. Yeah. A lot of people tell me that. I, I say, let me guess. It was your your older brother made you watch it, or your the babysitter made you watch it, or your cousin made you watch it to try and scare you and stuff like that. Because very rarely, and it, it has happened, um, that uh, the parents let their kids watch it. I always tell them that's bad parenting. I <laughs> my I grandfather let, my let me watch them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. He wanted to get a rise out of you. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was afraid my kids would, um, you know, have nightmares and stuff like that. So I never let them really watch it. 
yeah. until they got older, 12, 13 years old. And did you have nightmares at all? Or? No, no. Horror's always been my favorite genre. I know I started out small. I started out probably when I was like three or four watching Jaws and then the Universal Monster movies. And right. Yeah, kind yeah. of built up from there. I remember probably the first rated R movie I saw was Halloween. And then I just built my way up to the Friday the 13th. And I tended to like the Friday the 13th more at the time because they, there was more action and more gore in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more gore for yeah. sure. <laughs> more kills. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when did you start doing conventions? When did this whole start for you? I started, you know, I didn't do it for a long time. Probably. I want to say maybe like nine years ago, they were asking me to do it for a long time, but I felt like I was selling my soul to go out and just say hi to everybody and, and, and you know, go for personal appearances and stuff like that, being a serious actor that I, that I was, but finally started doing it and got talked into it and did the first one in New Jersey. Hello. And um, there's the other one. That's, that's Xander right there. Um, <laughs> Hello, buddy. Hello, buddy. You want to be in the movies? And then uh, I just started doing it in New Jersey was the first one. And then uh, uh, it's really great talking to everybody. All the fans are just so, so they're the ones that come up to the table and, you know, tell you how, how what it meant to them seeing the movie and it got them involved in, you know, acting or, or makeup or, you know, stunts or whatever it was. It was just uh, truly heartfelt and they were moved in some way. And it was just really great to hear everyone's assorted stories and how, when the first time they saw them, you know, Jason lives the first time and, and, and just uh, really thankful and appreciative that I would come out and, take the time and go to do some of the horror conventions we just came back from england uh uh last How was weekend that? yeah that was great for the love of horror it was sold out it was great you know everyone was great and uh, it was just a uh a great experience the second time i had done it i had done it once before like five years ago wow. so i just kind of you kind of rotated every four or five years mm -hmm. each one got a got a couple coming i'm gonna gonna be at the new jersey horror fest uh on november 12th and 14th so if, if anybody's around if this comes out by then uh we'd love to see everybody so that's local too you're in the yeah. tri-state area here there you go yeah so it's all the, the fans yeah <laughs> <laughs> cj's gonna uh i think is cj gonna be there i think you know what i think this one's more they're pushing more for uh uh, Return of Living Dead. So Beverly Randolph is going to be there. The girl played Tina in uh, Return of Living Dead. Okay. What are some of the friendships that you had going to these conventions that you never thought that you would? With well, the it's actor? funny because I keep seeing the guys I went to, I was in acting class with. I wow. see Bill Forsythe all the time, and he was he was uh, you know locally uh, we were the same acting class, and that so I. It's fantastic. It's I went into Bruce Abbott. He was in Reanimator, you know, and we were all hanging out after acting class and getting dinner and drinks and stuff like that. And and a bunch of people. It just uh, it's just been so much fun uh, to see everybody and <clears throat> they run into some of my some of my fans, you know. Uh, Bruce Bruce Dern. I've, I've met him at the conventions and and 
the six million dollar man <laughs> you know bill Cam- bruce campbell oh yeah evil uh, dead yeah and alice cooper you know and yeah. that's right because he did the the man behind the mask for the soundtrack right. but you didn't get to meet him until the conventions that's right exactly yeah. right and he didn't know who the hell i was what <laughs> so I, i'm assuming that he i guess he didn't see the film then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just recently met him, you know, like maybe a year ago. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 35 years later, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't recognize me, but uh, I had to introduce myself. So <laughs> I, went up to, I went up to his uh, table and said hi. Everything, how great it was that he, oh. he did that. And, you know, it's I, great to hear that you care about the fans. It is. Oh, uh, amazing. The fans are the best. Horror fans are the best. I mean, Vinny, Vinny Gossifero, who played the deputy in uh, part six, who we locked up, you know, was able to survive because we locked Wherever up. Wherever the red dot goes, you bang. <laughs> That's right. He, uh, you know, he's done a lot of mammoth stuff, David Mammoth mm-hmm. plays and movies and stuff like that. So uh, really well-established stuff. And he goes, it's the horror fans, man. They just keep, from all over the world, just keep getting trying to get fan, it gets fan mail as I do. Uh, but it just, uh, yeah, all over it's, it's fantastic. It just doesn't stop. It just seems to get better. And I think we got lucky because it was, it was in the eighties too. And, and, uh, we got all that. Well, we brought him, we also brought him back in, uh, the fan film, never hike in the snow. I was going to just uh, going to bring that up. Cause you were able to reprise your role. Yeah. Tommy I brought him in actually. I, I got, we did the never hike alone, which I think, it's like over 3 million views on YouTube now, which if you haven't seen it, you got to, the production value is amazing. It's just, uh, it's a great script and it's very topical. The kids in it, the kid, the lead kids in it is great. And we're going to make a sequel, uh, summer 2022, I think, uh, we've been talking about making a direct sequel from Never Hike Alone, Never Hike in the Snow. Uh, that first death is amazing. It's a great kill. Uh, with the axe and stuff, and uh, uh, that's actually a prequel to Never Hike, Never Hike Alone, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's been that's been a lot of fun. Just kind of still keeping it out there, trying to keep give the fans something to to look at before uh, you know the final thirteenth one gets made. We say it's the thirteenth one. We say it's the final one, but you know it never is. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps on going yeah. i'm curious now that you you watch these films and just other horror films what are some of the horror films that you love to watch either during the october season or even year round you know i looked i like i really like zombie land a lot and okay uh, that's a dark comedy that was really a lot yeah. of fun two two part two the sequel not so much yeah. <laughs> uh and then there's another there's another buddy zombie movie i think Irreverent, irreverent or something it's about uh these this guy he comes back from war and he's he's uh he comes back to his home town but he's a zombie and uh, his buddy kind of takes a man who's not a zombie and they hang out and they you know drink beer and he needs blood so his buddy gives him some blood just to keep him going a little bit and then they become uh the zombie guys at the uh, liquor store in one scene i think it's it might, it might be an australian movie um but it's, it's a buddy flick and and uh uh the one guy the zombie guy he's uh he's at a, it's a liquor store getting something some food or something or 
I don't know, the, the, the burglar comes in to rob the, rob the place and he finds out he can't get, he, he can't die. So then he becomes a vigilante against the bad guys. And then finally his, his, uh, his buddy uh, helps him be a vigilante and he gets shot. He ends up becoming a, a vampire. So, I mean, uh, yeah, a, a zombie. So they go around being uh, vigilante zombies helping people. It's, kind of, it's really, it really is just a, a buddy movie, which is kind of fun. Uh, and it's a, a comedy as well, dark comedy as well. So that was, that was fun. Remodeling the Osborne's house. <laughs> yeah. You were able to do that with I the did, construction did, company. Yeah, that was a long time ago we did that one. It's a great gig. Sharon was great. She had great taste, you know, really great taste. <laughs> Any other celebrity stories of uh, modeling jobs that you may have done? Uh, we did a bunch. Yeah, Gary Sinise. Uh, did George. George Clooney's a friend of mine, so we did his place. That's probably the first one we did up in Studio C. And uh, Molly Sims and uh, working on... Uh, working on uh, the guy who owns the Fender guitars right now. He lives over in uh, Pacific Palisades. Um, so doing that one, uh, and Andrew Mooney is his name, uh, working for the, his wife and uh, they just relocated. So putting that one together and, you know, a bunch of people, mm -hmm. it's a great high-end screen rooms. Did uh, Brian Singer's place. He bought the house next door and we tore it down and built something new. Uh, 3D screen room, you know, put a turntable in his seven car garage. Uh, so, so he could park the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of cr fun, creative. It's all creative stuff. So it's all, all really a lot of fun for me. Yeah. And that's we the thing cast, that you have your own company too. For, that's for the, yeah. For the Osbournes, we cast uh, their daughter Kelly's fists Fist, we cast him in bronze. Mm -hmm. Made him the front door hinges. <laughs> That's big time. Yeah, it was it was a lot of money, but yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, that whole job was great. Yeah, very creative. Normally, uh, for that job, we were there for we're uh, supposed to be there for four months because they were just going to flip the house, and three and a half months into it, Sharon decided they want to live there, so. Uh, so normally how it works, you have a contract, right? And then you'll have change orders. Things will change a little bit. You know, if you do 10, 10 a lot. Yeah. We had 459 change orders on that job. 459, the paperwork was insane because everything changed. I mean, we, had, we were finishing up the job and she decided we, she, they wanted to, the family wanted to move in. So we tore everything out, you know, started, basically started over from, it was actually a negative. It wasn't even from scratch because we had to tear everything out that we had already put in. But wow. it was fun. Sharon's great. Love the family. Very, very, uh, you know, uh, does a lot of love in the, the whole family. So it's, uh, it, uh, my hat's off to them. Yes. Upcoming work. Do you have any upcoming work as so far as film? Yeah, I did, uh, I did two movies. I did a Western about three years ago. So that was a lot of fun yeah. uh, called Warpath. My first on-screen song. Uh, I tried to get out of it too. I tried. <laughs> I told the director, I said, "Look, man, I'm not a singer, and you don't want me singing in your movie." He goes, "No, no, it's very important that it's the character development." I said, "Okay." So uh, uh, 
it's a folk song, which uh, I come to learn is a lot easier to sing. And uh, I told him when I was talking, I said, look, I know it's written in the script. It says what he lacks in talent, he makes up for an enthusiasm. But people aren't going to be reading that. They're only going to see my bad performance singing. <laughs> so that's kind of how I, I, how I played it. Uh, with a lot of enthusiasm and, and hopefully a little bit of charm. And, and uh, uh, I think it, it came off pretty cute. And then uh, I've done, uh, let's see, we did uh, a movie called Final Summer, mm -hmm. which they just dropped the, uh, the, the teaser on YouTube and um, another, another movie. I just wrapped it up about three weeks ago called Go Away, which... Uh, a great script if it turns out as good as the script and it's going to be a it's going to be a home run really great and they I also mean, they also dropped the teaser on that one too they're trying to trying to raise a little bit more money on the indio indigo go go uh, campaign to, to for the final budget i guess so, so that's good and i've got something else coming up in uh in february called uh jam and dead so back in it yes you are you are back in it have you thought about possibly creating your own horror movie since you've you had know, experience uh, acting I, in? I got i read a i read a fantastic book uh that i loved to option and 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 not necessarily just trying to think if there's something in there for me i'd probably find something for me to do it but more of a be more of a producing uh uh role for myself and uh to get it made because it's a great script it's uh there's a tattoos and artistry of that and think of think of seven the movie seven okay with and, morgan freeman uh, and brad pitt yeah and and uh uh hannibal lecter think put combine those two things together with tattoos <laughs> you kind of get the feel of what i'm thinking how it should go yeah <laughs> oh that that sounds creative yeah, that sounds creative. Tom Matthews, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know? Anything? No, I just uh, thanks for all your support, man. It's been an amazing ride and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, the horror fans are the best. That's all I can tell you. Yes, you got that right. And, and Tom Matthews, anytime you want to come on the show, you always have a spot here. And and I know you have some upcoming films. You know, you mentioned the, the one I'll be dropping next year. You, you're always welcome on to promote whatever you have going That'd on. That'd be awesome. Love to come back. Yes, Tom Matthews. I want you to enjoy the rest of your October as well as your night here and, and enjoy your birthday celebration too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And praying for a speedy recovery here for your son with COVID. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, just it's a weird, it's a weird one. Yeah. Appreciate it, that. Yes. Tom Matthews, it, I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Take care. <laughs> yes, take care. Bye bye.